This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> you deserve a career that is engaging, fun, and fulfilling. When was the last time you felt fulfillment, joy, and excitement about your career? If you have to take a minute to really think about it, or if you can't think of a time, then chances are you're not in a career that is the perfect fit for you. Valeria Tellis interviews Dr. Colleen Campbell, the author of Career Compass, a guided journal for discovering a fulfilling career path and designing a life you love. Dr. Colleen Campbell helps smart people achieve more be it in their careers, their relationships, or those who just want to get unstuck. Through her business, the Ignite Your Potential Center, she has helped hundreds of people just like you accomplish their most exciting goals and solve their most vexing problems. She helps all of her clients discover potent and original ways to strategize about themselves and their work so they can stand out, make more money, and obliterate obstacles in their paths. She is more than a coach or a therapist. She is an advocate, a cheerleader, who will hold your vision at times when you feel shaken. The coaches and counselors at the Ignite Your Potential Center use innovative techniques and training to help people have more fulfilling careers and lives. Dr. Campbell's own journey feeds deeply into her work with others. There was a time many years ago when she was struggling with less than effective coping and communication skills. She was a waitress in a low-paying, dysfunctional restaurant, uncertain how to catapult herself towards the life she dared to want. Slowly, over time, Dr. Campbell began her own change process that included meditation, self-inquiry, studying with cutting-edge teachers and coaches within workshops and universities, and covering many modalities. Early on in that journey, she read the book The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck and recognized that overcoming her own obstacles Figuring out how to heal and grow through her own challenges made her well-suited to help others. She realized then that working with others to recognize and actualize their potential was the most fulfilling thing she could do with her life. Meet Dr. Campbell at ignitepotential.com. Here is the interview with Dr. Colleen Campbell. In your own words, who is Colleen Campbell? Thank you for asking. You know, I founded two career coaching centers, one in San Francisco, one in Los Angeles. And, you know, when I think of that question, you know, who I am, I'm someone who wants to help others. I, you know, through my own life, came to maybe 30 years ago, realizing that I wanted to 
walk a path in my career, in my personal life, and in helping others. And using the insights that I found for myself that I could then share with other people. So, you know, even though I, I have a, a doctorate in clinical psychology and I've studied coaching, I really think of, you know, in its purest sense that I'm here to to help others in, in you know, whatever um, way I can through my own experiences. I love that. This is something that always comes up, this idea of uh, helping others being the purpose of life or something connected to spirituality. So I guess my second official question to you is about purpose of life. Do you connect what you do or do you call what you do the purpose of your life? Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because I work with people in their career. I would say that it's a little different for everyone. You know, there are people who love their work but don't think of that as their purpose. But I definitely do. You know, I, you know, when I was young, I just through some trials and tribulations, I there was a time when I, I was a young adult where I was a little bit um, confused and lost. And as I began a healing path, I that's when I came to feel a calling toward helping other people. And, and just knew that that would be the most fulfilling thing that I could do in my life. So I definitely think of it that way. And even the way I hold it, you know, the way I, I take good care of myself because it feeds into my work. I, I, you know, really, I really identify with this as, as my life calling. Talk to me for a moment about your healing journey. Well, you know, when I was young and just as a result of, of family issues and um, and ways that I, I wasn't able to really get to know myself, you know, I found I, I found myself in a place as a young person where I was confused, a bit stuck. I didn't really even have vision about my life. I, you know, my self esteem was low, and I began a journey at that time trying to figure it out. You know, went to read a lot of books, went to a therapist, um, just did a lot of different. Um, healing modalities in order to figure this out and and discover who who I am and it's interesting because in that in that process then I came to feel that knowing ourselves is a, a really important part of all different process I mean for me I, you know I use that with my clients for career but I think you know for there are other callings we can have and other paths that we can have outside of career that I think knowing who we are, is such an important piece. So that's where, you know, when I, I began to figure out the things that I was good at and the things that were meaningful to me and what engaged me, you know, and what really, you know, spoke to my heart, that that was all a part of this early healing journey. But that said, I I will share that I'm also a person who pulls this through my life. You know, I'm, I'm 50 at this point, but I expect that through my whole life, you know, I could be 80 and thinking, okay, I, you know, I'd like to work on this or I want to learn more about this, you know? And I just find a lot of pleasure and, and interest in that. And I also enjoy sharing that with other people or even with friends, you know, that we do these things together, whether it's a yoga retreat or, you know, some other form of, of, you know, uh, working on ourselves and and trying to understand or pr- and even process hard things that happen. You know, that never stops. I mean, there's ups and downs, and and how do we 
need to stay in touch with ourselves as we digest what's going on in our lives, you know? It's always changing, right? Everything's changing, moving. It's that movement I call the dance of life. So it's kind of important to be flexible. And I love the idea of yoga because that kind of um, teaches exactly that, how we become more flexible in the body, mind, and spirit. I love this idea of getting to know who we are, and we talk a lot here on the podcast about that. What are some of the clear signs that we have found that place, Colleen, that we have come to the space of knowing who we are from your perspective? That's a great question. I think it's an ongoing practice. I, I definitely have, and we can talk about this a little later, I have different ways, modalities to work with you know, figuring out who we are. There are so many ways. I have a few that I use in my practice. But I think ultimately, you know, day by day, it's about mindfulness and presence because that's how we can observe ourselves, see what's going on, you know, notice the feelings that we're having. And, you know, so it's an interesting question, though. I think it's an ongoing practice. And another question I have for you, changing the subject a bit, is success. How do you define success? What is to be successful to you? And what are some of the misconceptions about success we have? That's a great question too. I, I, it's funny because I do ask all my clients, I have different um, pieces of homework and there's a point at which I ask them this question because it's it's an important one to define um, first of all, we could feel like it's a looser, you know, it's, it, we can never get to it if we haven't defined it. But, you know, for myself, I, I think it's rather, it, it's about balance and it's about a personal balance because I, I think that life work balance or, and, and balance in our lives is very personal. You know, it might not look balanced to someone else, but you have to feel that it is. So for me, you know, I, I work, you know, maybe a little bit more than some people might, but I, it's a good, it's still a great balance with the things that are really other things that are important to me, like my, my son and my family and friends. So I think of success, I define it more broadly, you know, it's being able to meet the goals that you set out and feel accomplished in that way, um, but also having balance to be able to take care of myself and you know, include self-care and, um, and continue to grow. And I wonder if finding who we are, if that's something that we can define too, it just came to me. You know, who we are is a part of, it's our interests. It's, it's even how we, you know, how we're made up neurologically. But I think that's right. It's there and, uh, you know, a matter of, of seeing it. And of course, I mean, I want to acknowledge that some people may be in circumstances where at this moment, that's difficult, you know, to see. Um, and so it's interesting to think, like, what does someone need in place in order for them to see themselves, whether it's, you know, getting out of a certain relationship or whether it's, um, you know, restoring some kind of balance so they have time so they can observe mm. themselves. But it's a good sure. point that it's, it is always there. So let me see. I have another question for you about uh, true power. What is true power to you, Colleen? That's a great question. You know, it's funny because I think it is, not to belabor, belabor this point, but I think it is, like we're empowered when we see ourselves. And what's interesting is the brain, you know, I think about this, it's just one way to think of it, but I think about 
about our brains and how they function and how we can um, create change. And the way our, our brains are set up, we all have blind spots. It's just a, a natural a natural part of being human. And so for people who you know want to grow and change and are interested in self-development, this, you know, being able to observe ourselves is so important and getting feedback from people we really trust so that because I think of empowerment as really um, seeing ourselves uh, clearly across the board, you know, where we're both we're seeing the positive things and our contributions. I, I'm very positive psychology based. I, you know, I think it's great to start with our strengths, but also I think it's just as powerful to notice our patterns, to notice, you know, and sometimes our strengths are can be like double-edged swords. There's a light and dark side. And I'll give you an example. You know, if someone is highly empathetic, that's a strength. I mean, they can tune into others. They can they can see things other people might not. They can help people. They can mediate issues. But then the dark side could be uh, fuzzy boundaries sometimes, you know, overextending themselves, feeling more than they really need to for other people. And so the more we can see ourselves and see that and acknowledge like, oh, that that's happening, then we can start to be more strategic and think, okay, well, what can I do about that? How can I balance that out to make sure I'm using this natural talent to the best of my ability and not having it, you know, harm me in some way? And I wonder more often than not why some of us choose or seems to choose to go on that path of healing, of uncovering, discovering, and going deeper and deeper. Why do some of us do that and some of us don't? Do you ever wonder? Well, you know, there are probably a variety of reasons, but one thing I think about is some people are a bit more, you know, even personality-wise, some people are more what you on the Myers and Briggs you'd call it feeling. You know, they're they're empathetic and guided by their personal values and compassionate. And I think people who lean on that side tend to think a bit a bit more about personal growth and you know and go toward healing work. But on the other hand. There's also the fact that you may have heard of the term, you know, the like wounded healer, you know, that this idea that, you know, maybe because some of us go through difficult times when we're younger or other times in our life, that also might hearken a time of healing and then, you know, more awareness about what what we're capable of, of in that way, you know, that we can have this rich life where we're attending to ourselves and tending to others. But it's a great question, you know, because clearly some people, it's like a channel that you tune into and some people aren't tuning into it. So true. (laughs) And that's funny how sometimes we want them to tune in and choose that too, but we can uh, force others to change. Do you feel or see that women are more uh, prone or more likely to look within and follow this path of self-discovery than men? Or both of us are pretty much the same when it comes to that? That's a great question. Because, you know, for me, I, I, in my practice, I have, it's very much 50-50 with men and women coming to um, do the work. It, because, you know, i do a lot of career coaching and executive coaching and life coaching as well. Uh, But I wonder, you know, it it could be that 
women might be more inclined. Um, I definitely know, you know, I, I have colleagues, therapists that are, um, I mean, that are men and, and men that are in the healing professions. But I wonder, you know, there's an intuition, I think, that um, women can develop that might, might you know, have them be more inclined to, uh, you know, having that kind of introspection. It's a good yeah. question. Do you have any spiritual views or belief systems or practices? I do. So I don't usually bring them into my practice too, too um, directly, although I do recommend to my clients uh, meditation, especially for clients who are very heady, I think. But I, I, I think I would say out of all the things I've tried and done, meditation has had the greatest impact for me. And, and I have... Um, I would, I'm inclined toward Buddhism. I don't think it's so important, you know, what it is, but more that it resonates for you because they're all, to me, all different paths. But I do, I resonate a lot with, um, you know, in Buddhism, they talk about how suffering is related to fear or, or greed or, you know, wanting control. And I think it's an interesting litmus test when we're you know, feeling like we're suffering. Are we? Are we going in that direction? And can we bring come back to the moment, to the present moment? So I, I definitely have a regular um, meditation practice and and do yoga each day. And but I would say, you know, um, I'm not. I don't feel dogmatic about Buddhism. And rather, if I, I think it's more the um, what we were saying earlier about the idea of being really present with what is. So. I think of that as my spirituality, even here with you today, you know, being connected and and being, you know, listening closely and um, connecting with you, being here now, you know, that's really a large part of my spirituality. Uh, that sounds very much spiritual to me, <laughs> being present with what is present. Yes. Yeah. I love your wisdom, Colleen. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you. What do you love most about being in a human body? <laughs> That's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I have to say, so I have a nine-year-old son and the time I have with him, um, not just, I mean, talking, of course, but even playing, like I'll, I'll often, we have this, I, I, every week I try to have at least one time where we have this special time where he can decide what we'll play. And he's very imaginative. So we could be, you know, he'll create a whole storyline and, and, you know, we're, we're in this imaginary world and, and crawling around. And, you know, I, and I, I think, you know, those moments, it really means so much to me. It's a kind of intimacy. And, and so I think of that, I mean, you know, I, I feel like it's their ups and downs with the human body. You know, we have to, it's humbling sometimes, right? What we have to, you know, um, accept. And, but I think that that's it, being able to meet my son in that place, you know, and, and play, you know. And my last warm up question is about freedom. What is freedom to you? What is to be free? I just think about that for a moment. I, I really value freedom and it's a, It's something I, I definitely think about. And, you know, I mean, when I'm, when I love traveling for that reason or exploring, you know, even if it were in my own city, you know, going to different neighborhoods and, and having, you know, and I feel so grateful for the freedoms that we have 
um, in in our world, you know, here and in in the in the U.S. and of course other people enjoy that as well. But it's interesting, you know, when you ask that because I suppose I think there's a way that as humans, you know, in our in our bodies, you know, there can be a feeling that we're um, we're not entirely free, you know. So it's a it's a good question to contemplate. There's the literal freedom of our world. Like, do we have the right to, you know, go certain places or be certain places? But there's emotional freedom. You know, there's spiritual freedom. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I think, you know, it, it brings me back circling around to this idea of, of knowing who we are. Because I think when we're in denial or, or trying to hide from something or deny, you know, run away from something, I think in a way we're trapping ourselves. You know, so I think there's something about, you know, being honest with ourselves, knowing who we are that can allow us to have as much freedom as as we can. So you wrote the book Career Compass and also you're the creator of the career course title How to Find the Right Fit Career Path. Talk to me about the main inspiration and intention of creating the book and the course, Colleen. Yeah, so... It, it comes from this idea. I mean, when I was younger, I remember my parents telling me I had a lot of different dreams about what I wanted to do. And, you know, probably monthly, I might have different things yeah. that I would, thought yeah. I might do. And That's I true. remember them saying, because they're, they're rather practical. They always said, you know, you're not, people don't always enjoy their work. They're, it's just what you do to make money. And I remember even then thinking I was a little skeptical about that. I thought, yeah, good, I don't know good if that's for you. True. <laughs> right? Even yeah. as a kid, and and so for me, my my path has been about finding a way to find the sweet spot of of you know what I offer, what comes easily to me, because we all have special talents, and so to really think, okay, what it, it should come easy, it should feel like you're thriving when you're doing it. I, I get the impression with what you're doing that you feel that way. And that, that's how we can get there. Although it's different for each one of us, you know, for some people feel that way when they're doing accounting, you know, so we're all different. And so I, it was the inspiration to find that right fit. And in fact, you know, when I was working as a psychologist, I enjoyed that work and found it meaningful and and yet I noticed I, I also am pretty strategic and action oriented. You know, when we would I would do therapy with someone if they had an insight, pretty consistently I I would say, you know, that's awesome. Let's make an action plan. You know, like let's get mm-hmm. yeah. my you know? yeah. <laughs> and that's just my own style, but that drew me to coaching then, thinking, oh, there's something else here for me, you know, to explore and be able to find an even sweeter spot, you know. So that is really the motivation. And as I built my business, I created a, a method to help people find a right fit career. And I've been doing this for 13 years in San Francisco. And developed this over time. So now we have a variety of materials and that support people through the process. And that's and so I had that going with one-on-one coaching with people, but then I thought, you know, not everyone can, you know, see a coach in San Francisco or in Los Angeles. I want something that can be really approachable to wherever a person is at. So that's really where the course came out. You know, it's a eight chapter workbook, and then a whole series of modules, eight modules that I take you through 
in videos the process that I do one-on-one in coaching. So someone gets to, you know, I'm I'm there, I'm telling them, you know, stories, I'm I'm explaining the process to them, and then they can stop the module and do the workbook and then go back, you know, and and really have this feeling like going through this coaching process. Um, so that was my motivation. It was, you know, helping people figure this out, really understand who they are and and you know what a, a right fit career would be for them, and then taking them through the entire process, including you know how to make that pivot, how do they get that next job? So that that was really my motivation. Wanting I wanted accessible. I I wish we could do this work in high school, and that way we have this clear idea where many of us have to figure it out over the years. You know. That's true. That's a great idea, actually. I'm wondering if um, do you have plans to do that to implement or. I approach. do. Yeah, I, I have been thinking about a next step being uh, looking, uh, you know, putting a program together for colleges because I think I think it could be done in high school, but it could also be done, you know, in your freshman year of college when you're thinking about your major. Um, yeah, and you know, what is a, a fit is both high level, like what it means. You know, if you tell someone at a party what you do, they know what it is. You know. Um, but it's also in the details. It's in, you know, well, who are you working with? And what is the mission? And, and what's what's the best leadership for you? You know, what kind of culture? And so there, so we talk about all of that. So you're looking at it, you know, high level vision, uh, your North Star, but also the details so that you know when you go interview, for example, how to vet for what you really want. So talk to me about, if you can, if possible, Colleen, about the process of going through this discovery, self-discovery, personality, strength, values. How is that done? If you can disclose that, of course. Sure. So I help people figure out their person. We, we look, as you just shared, we look at their personality, their strengths, their values. And just to share with you, the reason we do it that way First of all, I find it can pump you up a bit to remind you of yourself. Like, oh, right. Yeah, I am really good at that. Or, oh, yeah, I, you know, we don't always think about these things each day. But then also personality and strengths are neurological. You know, it, it really shows us your your um, engagement points. So, and, it, you know, a simple example of this is if you have ever had a friend enthusiastically recommend a book or, or a show, and then you go to read it or watch it, and you can't. You just can't get mm, yeah. into it, you know? <laughs> and <true>. so <laughs> that's a simple example of how, you know, you might be engaged by different things than me. And so we want to think about that. So we do this inventory looking at, you know, I use the Myers and Briggs personality profile. I also use the Strengths Finder test that's been developed by Gallup. And then I have a, my own values um, uh, worksheet that I offer people. And we look at that and then we pull out these elements. You know, we notice, you know, some people love to create excellence, you know, and they like to polish and get things to just, you know, you see this a lot in interior designers um, and many other fields, but, you know, someone who really loves excellence. Well, that's an important feature, right? Meaning there are certain environments where that's not going to be actualized. 
And that shouldn't be an environment that you should be in if you feel that way. So we go through all these different elements. And then I talk about what does that really mean? I help people connect the dots to see in their career where that shows up and what works and what doesn't. And we put it all together in what I call a career criteria. And it's essentially this list of things they need to thrive and also happens to be their offerings. And then after that, we move into brainstorming. We start to you know, think, okay, what are all your pivot points? What are all the, you know, and some people, you know, we might just look at what's adjacent, you know, what can, what are the easy moves you can make? Other people might want to brainstorm larger career shifts, but I help them, you know, come up with a variety of ideas. And then I give them some uh, useful instruction on how to dig into those ideas so we can start to compare them to the career criteria you know, asking which one of these check the most boxes for you. And in those, you know, the ways to dig into those ideas can be, you know, for example, asking questions like what characteristics does someone need to be very good at this? And, you know, we you can find this information online and I have resources I give people. And so we go through that process and that's how we narrow it down and, and figure out that right path. And then once we identify it, I can help people and I do in the materials with a strategic action plan for how to make that pivot. You know, what kind of, how do you have to change your narrative? How do you do smart networking? How do you change your resume? You know, because I think that's a very important piece too. You can have the idea, but how are you going to get there? So, so I think the whole, you know, the beginning, middle and wrap up, it's all an important part of the process. Do you see a difference between values and beliefs, Colleen? Or yeah, um, that's a great question. I I do. Um, I think that, and I'm just riffing here because I haven't given a lot of thought to this. But I think beliefs can be something that we almost like a piece piece of clothing. It could be important, um, but it's something we can take on. Um, and but we could we could change. I think our values, not that they're fixed, but they they generate, you know, sometimes we get them from our family or our culture, but sometimes they're very unique to us. You know, that it can be like you were talking about a spiritual path. Some people that can be a part of their value system that they're tuning into that part of themselves and you know, feeling their soul or their, you know, this kind of ephemeral, uh, you know, calling, you know, messages that come through and others may not. So I think of it, you know, in that way that it's, it can be very unique to us and very individual. Another question that has to do with, might have to do with belief systems is um, perfectionism. Is that a, from your perspective, a personality trait or a belief system? Oh, I think it's it's funny because in the strengths finder test there is a strength called maximizer and actually I just happened to mention it when I was talking about excellence. I think perfectionism could be seen as it has this negative connotation in our society because we see it when it looks rigid or when it might be it might be extreme, but I think there's a hidden quality in it, you know, that some people enjoy that kind of refinement and so, you know, it's interesting. I suppose I would think it's it's a trait in that regard that some, you know, some people are more inclined to that than others. And then I would say, you know, how do you um, how do you bring wisdom and maturity to it so that it's working for you instead of kind of owning you, you know? 
And another question that might relate to all of this that we are talking now is self-love and self-care. Do you see a difference between them two? Huh. You know, I guess I do. I think they could easily be connected. You know, that a person does self-care because of self-love or self-care is an act of self-love. On the other hand, though, I think that if we're lacking self-love for whatever reason, you know, from injury, um, for, you know, whatever, for, you know, things that have happened to us, I think acts of self-care could bring us there. And I think there's such an important part of life and could be so small as having a you know, warm cup of tea, you know, could be such a, so nurturing or could be a practice like doing some yoga, you know, or taking a hike. So if we're struggling with self-love, I think self-care could bring us there. How do you see the idea of unconditional self-love, Colleen? That's something that I write about and I love talking about. You know, I think to me, it, it's, and I mean, it sounds like you, you know, this could be an, an area of expertise for you. So I'll have to ask you what you think about my, my point of view. But I think, you know, it is about acceptance, right? It, so, you know, there's a way that it's not just the, the things we might think of as positive of ourselves, but just, you know, being so kindly to ourselves that as we see, you know, very much like a, a good parent might be with a child where, you know, you see them doing certain things like acting out. And to me, that's just normal. It's just normal human stuff. There's no reason for them to feel like they're a terrible person or they've done something terribly wrong, but they do need to be, uh, you know, accountable and notice it and see it. So treating ourselves that way, you know, um, is a form of, of acceptance that, you know, even as we make mistakes, there can still be, a one could make a correction, but also through care, you know, and self-love. That's it. <laughs> yeah, acceptance. That's really the first step. Yeah, for sure. I tend to go deeper into everything, but that's definitely how it begins. Yeah, the acceptance of who we are, the way we are first. Yeah. It's so interesting because it's it, it can sound simple, but as we know, day by day, moment by moment, you know, it can be challenging, but I, but I love it, you know, that it's like to aspire, you know, moment by moment to that, to see, you know, how, however we're, you know, reacting or acting and, and, and be um, almost like a parent to ourselves and acceptance. Yeah. So we are almost at the end. I love what you do, how you do it. I love your clarity, the way you speak about these things. I love your wisdom. Thank you so much, Colleen, again, oh, for being you. you. Thank you. I appreciate all the wonderful questions. So insightful. Thank you. <laughs> I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything else that we didn't discuss? You know, I guess I will share that when we're talking about the career course or the career compass, the book, one of the things that's wonderful about the investment into that for ourselves is once we've done it, we have these materials going forward. You know, so even five years later, when you're, you know, in a situation where you want to make another move, or frankly, even thinking about personal decisions, we can look back to this as a, as, a, and that's hence the career compass. We can look back to it like a map or a compass to help guide our decisions. So I just want to encourage people that even though like any practice, it, you know, it takes some investment, some time. Um, it's so worth it because then we have more insight going forward. 
What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today? You know, it's interesting because there are many, but recently, in the last maybe five, six years, for me, it was the lesson of understanding my own drive and and the balance. You know, when we're talking about acceptance, but also self-care, you know, I'm, I have a natural drive and, and some people... Um, some people don't and some people do, but it, it's been interesting through, especially through COVID and all of the different things that have happened, I found that I was overexerting myself and almost, you know, reached a, a point of burnout. And so, um, well, I, I would say it was a, a form of burnout. And so it was just another layer, you know, sometimes it's like an onion, right? Another layer of learning that how important it is that there's not just, you know, one channel, like like a career, you know, or, or that type of work. There are many channels that we have to tune into. I think, you know, what I'm sharing is I, I felt I lost track a bit of my own um, spiritual side or, you know, listening to that deeper, those deeper messages. It's interesting you mentioned the body because I think that's, for me, that's what it feels like it comes from. And I was overriding that, you know, because there was so much going on with homeschooling and working. So it was, it, it was in a way, a, a wonderful opportunity, though painful, but a wonderful opportunity to bring attention to that and realize. And now I feel like I'm walking forward a little reorganized and, and in a better way, a more balanced way. And so it was it was worth it, but you know, but quite challenging at the time. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing or leaving the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? You know, I, I ask myself this a lot, actually. And it's something I actually think about it daily as a practice. And so I don't think I would. Um you know, I, I think I, because I think about, you know, with my, uh, even when I'm working, if I'm not spending time with my son in that moment, you know, it's a choice. And of course he's more important, let's say, than my work, but it's, it's all a balance. And I, I think I feel good about the choices that I'm making. And so, you know, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, uh, you know, today, you know, I make, even though I'm busy, I make time to connect with the people I love and, um, and have that kind of uh, intimacy, and and so I feel like I I am. But it, but as we've talked about during this, you know, this special time, it, it is something that one has to just always be present with because you know we can get off track. And so you know, I'm glad I can say that today. And and I'll, my intention is to keep walking that way. You know. Uh, that's how we know that we're in touch with who we are, right? We have nothing to regret, and you just express that. It's beautiful. So it's just a choice that it's a balance. So we cannot really do one thing, one thing only in life. It's always this beautiful dance. So my last question is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you know, a, a career that if, if someone chooses to have one, you know, if they're, they don't that, you know, but if they do uh, one that really suits them and fits them and uses their strengths, because when that's, when we're getting to use our strengths, I mean, it's just so fulfilling and energizing. We feel like we're thriving. So maybe a more general way to say it, you know, even outside of career is, you know, I, I, 
I hope that my wish for people would be that they would experience the feeling of thriving. And I, I think also one of the most important things, and I think I've you know shared this throughout our calls also, is is about connection. You know, with with the people around us and real intimacy in that sense. Um, and when I say intimacy, I mean just that even in a conversation that we're meeting, that we're connected, that we feel each other. You know, and I I, I wish that for people as well. You know, and then one that is you know maybe um, is is the sense, the third one would be about challenge. You know, that even though there's a, it can be painful or it can be, uh, it can bring all sorts of emotions up. You know, the I, I would wish for everyone to greet uh, a challenge, maybe even one that they didn't know that they could achieve or accomplish to meet it, to be brave and to walk through that and, and come out on the other side with that feeling of accomplishment. Thank you so much again for the conversation we had today, for the wisdom that you carry and everything else in between that could be felt. Thank you. It's truly my pleasure. Thank you so much. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, courses, and future projects? Our website is Ignite Potential. And we also have Ignite Your Potential dot com in both cases. And you can find all the information there. We also have a great blog that has a whole a variety of different career advice. And you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. But I think the um, website is a great place to start. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again, Colleen. We'll talk Absolutely. soon. Sounds wonderful. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Colleen Campbell and her work, please visit ignitepotential.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>